Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the in-depth film podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a movie. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023, and today we are reviewing the latest M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin. Mm. I like that intro, Jay. Made it a little bit shorter. Said I'd work on it. I appreciate the effort. I said add or change one word. I think you just got rid of some. I changed from a fail-proof movie ranking scale to patent-pending movie ranking scale because we always say it's patent-pending. It is, um, yeah. Even though that's not legally bl- binding, it's not actually patent-pending. Um, well, can we get in trouble for saying that it is? I don't think so. I hope not. It's, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, and then, yeah, just determine the true quality of a movie. We'll leave it there. Let us know what you think. Um, I'm excited for today, Ty. We're reviewing a film starring a former wrestler, which is always an exciting thing for me. Of course. Um, Dave Bautista has really spread his wings and he's been in some projects here recently and is going to be in some bigger projects, you know, around the corner with uh, some Marvel stuff we're going to eat up. Um, and in M. Night Shyamalan, you know, you always go into an M. Night Shyamalan movie expecting a twist and, um, sometimes they're horrible, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're in the middle and we're going to figure out just where it lies, just where it falls within the lines. Oh shit. The, just the twist though. Not even the movie. We're only <laughs> reviewing M night's twist. Um, I'm excited though. Um, you know, this was a movie. I thought it was an Amazon series original, not the best of marketing. Terrible dog shit marketing. Um, but there was quite a few people in my theater, so it still got the job done. So I guess, um, good on them. I'll hold all comments on people in my theater. Let's get into the show. Percent of the time it works. Every time. Don Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! Alright, Ty, before we get into Knock at the Cabin, 
I must say, this was a first for me, this film. Um, this was the first film I had ever seen as a um, fiancé? Yeah. Bachelor? What's the word if no, you're just... Not a bachelor. <laughs> What's the word? It's Why is it called opposite. a bachelor's party then? Oof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the word if you are just one... Fiancé? Engaged? I, but I thought you used the word... I guess engaged, yeah. But I thought there was like a singular word. Fiancé. It's male and female. No, I know. But I figured like I refer to Riley as my fiancé, but I'm not a fiancé. I'd be a... Fiancé. You're her fiance, hundred percent. It's it's a universal term. I think one of them has a cute little little line. It's not very, it's a visual thing, but there's a little line above the e. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, both fiance though, French, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, fiance with a little dash is uh, the man. Fiance with two e's, one of which having a dash is the uh, is the woman. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So. Congrats, Jay. Yeah, it only took uh. Hmm, seven and a half years, probably like two and a half years too many. Better late than never is what I say, right? Um, have had the ring for like four months now. So like, you know, it's kind of just been brewing and was waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be like a perfect moment. And at some point I was just kind of like, hey, let's just do it. Nice. Oh, so were you saying it wasn't a perfect moment? No, it was a perfect okay. moment because any moment with her is perfect. There but it I is. was too worried about great recovery. You know, making some uh, materialistic perfect moment. Yeah. So, um, you know, we went to the to the Monterey Bay okay. over the weekend with my family, and I had a rule where no family was going to be involved because someone would have been upset yeah. one way or the other. They're impossible to include. If one person's being left out, everyone's being left out. Yeah. So you might as well that. just leave everyone out. Nice. Um, you know, so we had a nice weekend in Monterey, went to the Monterey, Monterey Bay Aquarium, kind of overrated, not going to lie. I hate every aquarium. Well, I kind of like aquariums. No, aquariums are awful. Well, everyone say Monterey Bay is like the creme de la creme, mm-hmm. and it's not the creme de la creme. The Seattle Aquarium was far, far better, in yeah. my opinion. I was going to say, it probably was the creme de la creme. It's just they're all terrible, so it doesn't much matter. Highly overrated. Uh, I went golfing at a very nice golf course. That was fun. Very tough shoot? course. Um, not great. Because okay. it was very hard, 97, I think. You had a lot on your mind. You're going to shoot better as an engaged man. <laughs> um, it was very tough. Played in the rain. Um, did some other fun things. We drove up to Santa Cruz one of the days. It was extremely rainy and windy, and we went all the way up there to the boardwalk. It didn't do anything on the boardwalk because it was all closed. Oh, uh, You saw the boardwalk at least? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. Walked around like the little areas, walked around the beach, blah, blah, blah. And then Sunday morning when we were coming home, we went to breakfast. Cute little place. We woke up early. She pretty much knew it was coming. I mean, let's be honest. We've been, yeah. you know, dating for so long. And she knew it was probably going to happen this weekend because it was just a good excuse. So I wouldn't say it was a total surprise. But we went to breakfast early the day we were leaving. Maurice was horrible. Worst he has no. ever behaved in his entire life. No. Barking at everyone. He's in the room right now. Where He's are you sleeping. At? He's sleeping on the futon, being a good boy. Unlike this weekend, no, he was a bad boy. He was good all weekend, except the final ber- the final breakfast. You know, he was barking at everyone. He was not having it. It was a cute little spot, and our, our server was scared to serve us our food. No, that's how. Yeah, Riley got so mad she she got up and left. I'm so disappointed in you, Maurice. <laughs> it was not a good start. And then I was like, oh, let's just. I mean, again, she pretty much knew it was coming, so I don't think it was like it was a dumb excuse, but whatever. I was like, oh, let's just go walk him or whatever before we're going to be in the car for six hours so he can go potty which he did go poop on said walk so there was okay some you know nice he also accomplished that for himself 
So I was like stress, stressing out. Gosh, my eyes are very itchy right now. Maybe I'm about to cry. Um, it's okay if you're emotional, Jay. You can <laughs> cry in front of me. No, I was very stressed out just researching a bunch of different places to do it. I wanted it to be like excluded, excluded, but look nice. And, you know, there, there was the AT&T celebrity golf tournament at Pebble Beach. So they had like all of Pebble Beach shut out. There's oh. like this uh it's called the 17 mile drive you pay like ten dollars a car to get in you drive around the whole pebble beach area and there's a bunch of different beaches you can go to and like this seal rock and this bird rock and i was thinking about doing somewhere there but that whole area was closed off for the golf tournament which sucked so couldn't go there and then it was raining for a little bit in the morning so i was like oh my gosh is this is the rain just gonna ruin it it's gonna be pouring rain i was like rain's romantic you ever seen notebook (laughs) i haven't have not seen the notebook it's a lot of romantic scenes in the rain (laughs) um i was just researching these these different beaches and like things and like nothing was working. And I was just like, whatever, if I have to, I was just going to freaking call Jen and tell her to come into the apartment and just lay down like a hundred roses or something like that. And I don't know, <laughs> say something cute when we got home, you got six hours. I just Venmoed you $250. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't know, but I ended up, I ended up finding just like this trailhead had no idea how nice it was going to be. And I was like, whatever, we'll see if it's super ugly, I guess I can just put it off. And then ended up being a nice, like secluded little trail by the beach. And there was like a nice little bench and that's where I did it. And yeah, Love me, Maurice and Riley. And it was, ended up being, being very beautiful. Although it was secluded. There was like no people around. It was perfect. I popped a question, say a cute little thing. She says, yeah. yes, starts sobbing. Five seconds later, this lady comes out of nowhere and just walks right by us. Like doesn't yeah. say a word. <laughs> Doesn't look at us, just like awkwardly walks right she's by just us. Like I, I don't know, she's crying. <laughs> she's on the phone, just talking shit about you guys. It was a, it was like a, mo- a moment out of a movie. It was pretty funny. I was That's laughing. Um, it's like the romantic music cuts and it's just dead silent as she walks by. Yeah, That's the scene. <laughs> it was pretty funny though. But um, no, yeah, it was cool. I'm it was, happy it was, for you, Jay. Thank you. I appreciate. I'm very that. happy for you. You guys I, are. I don't like being the center of attention. So yeah. well, you're gonna be. That's. You're going to get married, wedding, well, you'll you, be. You're having a kid in like a month, not even a month. Oh, yeah, like a, a little bit over a month. Yeah. Um. So you can quickly take that attention off of me, please. And then I'll throw it right back at you, though. Because <laughs> once he's born, it's like, oh, there'll be a lot of hype. And then we're just going to be stuck at home with him, like, crying and stuff. And then all the attention will be back at you. I know her dad's doing, like, some engagement party thing this Friday. So I don't know if you've heard about that, if I Riley's have. told Victoria. So. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. There's going to be that. Um. Yeah, now I get to plan a wedding and be all stressed about that. Just, uh, just don't. Just I'm just don't be stressed. I'm just, I'm excited for a bachelor's party. I can't wait to golf. The most PG bachelor party. I was thinking. I think we're still gonna golf. I think I just want to go to Vegas too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I love Vegas. You know that. I, I do know that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll get somewhere nice, golf, play some poker, just hang out. We we gotta. We'll figure something out. Let's set it up. It'll be a great time. It will. I told Victoria like two weeks ago that I couldn't wait before I even. Like even are you happen. even in the? You don't even know if you're in the. the I'm. I'm pretty sure. Wedding party. I got a hunch at least. <laughs> um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. And I have to come up with a freaking gift to give all the guys and all that lame stuff because the only wedding I've ever been in, someone just texted me. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was no like formal. Hey. Yep. You want to be in my it's real cash wedding party? <laughs> Super cash. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm happy. It I'm glad. Fun. And then I saw this movie as an engaged man. Like right after or? Um, the next day. Okay. Freshly engaged. Riley so had a ring on. going through your mind? Yeah, I was just thinking about like, man, would I sacrifice my family yeah. to save the world? Would I sacrifice Riley? Would I sacrifice Maurice? I know. I don't know. There's three of you, much like in this in this film. <laughs> Very relatable. Um, you had mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned in the intro or if you mentioned before the podcast, you'd mentioned something bad about your theater. 
that mm. the theater pissed you off, Ty. Before we dive into the movie itself, I think it's uh, it's fitting if you you tell us what happened. If it was at Civic Plaza, for those who don't know, it's our local movie theater. That's horrible. Yes, I'm assuming it was. It was very much so <laughs> at that theater. Um, and this is entirely on them, but also just like I I got tickets late. But it was the big screen, and it was like a Monday night. Mm-hmm. It was just mostly empty seats, like not a big deal. Yeah. I fucking get there right at the movie starting and like get my popcorn and stuff, go into the theater right as the previews end, like the last 30 seconds of a preview. Us too. We timed it perfect. There were like maybe 10 people in the theater, but dead center, there's a group of like four older people, right? Two mm-hmm. couples, all, all four over the age of 50 at least. Okay. And I walk up, and they're in my fucking seat. And I'm like, hey, I think you guys are in my seat. And the one fucking lady looks at me and she's like, yeah, well, we got our seats too close. So they told us we could sit wherever. And I'm like, what do you mean you can sit? That's not how this works. I don't care that you chose your fucking seats. Yeah. Like, go change the fucking seats. There's like so many other ones. I bought this seat. And I was going to be, I knew that there probably wouldn't like be anyone else to come in. But I, I just got, I was like. Okay, and just like sat down, and I was fucking hoping that someone was coming and I was going to be in their seat because I was going to go off on these fucks. <laughs> and then they have the audacity to not shut the fuck up through the whole film. Oh. And he like got all shitty, and there's a spoiler alert it's a gay couple in this. Yeah. So shitty. So shitty about the gay couple and just making comments about it. And of like course. something about, oh, you know, gay stuff on Disney Channel or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's all there is now or what. I, yeah. I was going to flip the fuck out on these people, Jay tell you seem pretty heated i hate old people i hate them so much i don't hate all old people no those old people i hate though (laughs) those type that type of old people i can't stand them if they were in my seat and i saw it was already empty i would have just probably sat somewhere else and which you did which you did i confronted them though i wanted that fucking seat i had it was perfect dead center (laughs) exactly what i wanted and i had to sit a little off to the left did that affect your movie going experience not not particularly but i was pretty upset to start the movie did the screen shut off halfway through, or was there any... No, no, it was fine. I'll, I'm going to say it. I don't like the giant screen. I avoid the giant screen. I once sitting there, and like, like I, I prefer the smaller screen, I think, too. There's a few reasons. Number one, there's not, they're not recliners at the giant screen. Yeah, just normal theater seating. Number two, they, most of the time, they don't even use the giant screen. It's just like a normal-sized movie projector that's just on a giant screen no that's not true it's not like imax or anything but it takes up the it's, full i don't think it does ty i think you need to pay a little bit more attention i was ve- i was very aware of it this time maybe it some the of the bigger screen. movies but i've been to some of the lesser movies where it seemed like they just did a normal projector i don't know how any of that works can you do you realize how much work it would be to switch out projectors I, versus is it just the projector play it on the big screen or is it the yeah the, it's like a projection light in. and like the distance and the angle and everything well i don't think it takes up the whole screen i think you're wrong then I I know I'm right. I don't think you are. You think they're going to go out of their way to make it smaller? I don't think they're going out of their way. I was just thinking maybe like, what do movies come on nowadays? USB drives? Is that what they plug into the projector? I imagine something digital, yeah. I thought it would just depend on what the size of the film is. I So, the file. I don't know, but my uh, brother-in-law technically, well, not brother-in-law yet, they're only dating, but uh, Rochelle's brother, or... Yes, Boyfriend, Andrew. Andrew mm-hmm, mm-hmm. works at a movie theater. I'm going to text him right now and find out if he knows how movies arrive. I want to get some inside info. All right. Sounds good. Hey, do you receive? Um, did I tell you about when I went to the movie theater to watch the Banshees of Inchiran to get popcorn and they just totally looked at me like I was a crazy person? I was sending a message. What did you just say? 
that did I tell you in the podcast when we reviewed Banshees of Inishirin that I went to Civic try to get popcorn and they just looked at me like a crazy person to ever tell you that story? Just to get popcorn? Yeah. For to watch the movie at home. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was like at 9.15. Their last showing was at 9.05. I was like, okay, they'll still be open. The lobby will be open. Nope, they closed the doors right away, locked it. They were putting all the popcorn in, in that giant trash bag they often put it in. Yeah. And I just stood there for about, I don't know, 20 seconds, just staring at them through the glass doors. One of them looked at me, didn't do anything. They just didn't. Yeah, I was just sitting there. They were like, who's this guy? Yeah. What if I had a movie? What if I was late to my 9.15 movie or 9.05 movie, 10 minutes late? It was like 9.05 movie, 9.15. The movie hasn't even started yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're still in previews. It's a little upset about it. And they just had all that free popcorn that they probably could have just been like, here you go, dude. I got, remember that one time I got free popcorn we went and saw a movie? No. You don't remember that? No. We saw a super late movie. No. I didn't get popcorn because I was late, and then halfway through the movie I said, I want popcorn. I went out. They were throwing it away, and I was like, oh, I was going to buy some, and then they just gave it to me. Yeah? Yeah, you don't remember that? No. Oh. It's pretty sick, though. Free popcorn's the best popcorn. It is. And they waste a lot of it. I should just... Just stop by every night? Yeah. Right at night. Maybe not every night, but like once a week, because it's like a giant bag that they throw away. And just like wait for him, just like wait. <laughs> I don't hate it. Maybe just I'll work sit up a deal. at the dumpster. Get like a ghillie suit, <laughs> lay in the dumpster until they throw it away. It's sealed in a bag. I'm gonna ask. I always ask obscure questions when we go to Civic. Yeah. Like I don't know if I've ever told you, but I tried getting their giant Top Gun Maverick uh, display for you. <laughs> Did you? I tried real hard. What'd they say? Uh, well, first it's they were using it to block off that little restaurant area that they used to have. Yeah. yeah. And I asked. I was like, hey, like. Are you guys gonna throw that away? Can I have that? And there, and the lady was like, I think it was managed. Like, oh, we're using it right now, but once we get a new one in, like, you know, ask again. And then we went again, and they weren't using it anymore. And I asked, and they like checked around the back and everything, but someone took it or threw it away, and no. I was pretty pissed. I don't know what you would have done with it, but I was gonna surprise you. With I would have set it up in my yard as just like a <laughs> display, like a fountain. I would have like put rocks around the bottom of it, make it look all official. <laughs> just every morning, I would have like made my coffee, stared at the window at Tom Cruise. I tried. I really did. I would have loved that. <laughs> so, um, and then the one at uh, Jess Ranch, who Andrew works at, uh, Riley's cousin also works at. They have an amazing, the amazing Maurice. They have a stand for that movie. And I asked Junior okay. if I could have it, and he said, "Yeah, no one's put it, their name on it." So I'm just going to take it and then break off the part of the cat on the top, and then just keep the little stand. This is the amazing Maurice. Don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's pretty sick. But my dog's name's Maurice, so I need to get like more room because I can get like they get movie any movie posters they want from like the new movies, really. Like, they usually, like, call yep. dibs and shit, but we could definitely get hookups for just have, like, movie posters all over the wall or something somewhere. Yeah. That'd be sick. I think I'm going to talk to him next time, ask if I can get the popcorn. Do it. Like, hey, can I just, I live right down the street. Can I just come, like, every Thursday? <laughs> like, what days do you work? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have something else before the movie? You had mentioned before the podcast you had something to say. If not, we can just get straight into it. The Last of Us has been an incredible uh, TV show, and you were supposed to watch it. And I just remembered this week on the fourth episode that you have it. I heard episode three was one of the best episodes of TV history. Um, yes. That's what people said. It was actually really good. It completely, like is separate from one, two, and four, kind of. Mm-hmm. It just It's just an hour ten movie of a love story, and it's heartbreaking. Wow. It's incredible. It's just, it's so fucking good, and it's sad and emotional and beautiful, and then it's just like, okay, and we're back. And yep. it's just like a, a random side character, I guess, in the video game. There's a few throwaway lines, and they just dedicate like a whole episode to telling his backstory. Wow, never seen it. Yeah. It's such a good fucking show. 
I know it's one uh, through four have been incredible. I think episode five is coming out on Friday. Yeah, because don't want to compete with Super Bowl, which I love. Get to watch that in two days. Yeah. Yes, you do, Ty. Uh, maybe I'll commit to maybe starting it. It's so good. It's such an easy watch. Once I start it, I'll watch all four in one yeah, night probably. It'll be so good, and, just, you, and you won't be able to wait till Friday. I'm the kind of person, getting me to start a series is the hardest thing. It would be great for content purposes, you know, Jay, with just like the biggest shows and stuff. I watch the Marvel shows. about that on here. I watch the Marvel shows. HBO shows are also, arguably, they're probably bigger than the Marvel shows. Oh, yeah. The last Easily. episode four had like something like 17 million yeah. viewers or something like that. Like Game of Thrones and that kind of shit. Easily more viewers than Miss Marvel. Well, we stopped talking about Miss Marvel. <laughs> uh, 7.5 million, not 17, but still, that's a lot. It's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Do you want to get into Knock at the Cabin Tie? Let's talk about it. But first. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's take an ad break. When a couple and their adopted daughter have their vacation interrupted by four strangers, they are forced to make an impossible decision. Sacrifice one of themselves or watch the world end. Wow, Ty, that was a pretty good uh, yeah, synopsis. Where'd yeah. you get that from? No, all, all me, baby. All me. <laughs> I still haven't even looked at the actual synopsis on IMDb. Do you think your synopsis spoiled a little bit too much? Um, There's four strangers. They show up. They have to sacrifice one of themselves or watch the world end is what the four strangers are implying. You don't know if that's the case or not. It's an impossible decision. I think it was the perfect amount of synopsis. Here, I'll read you the Google synopsis. Okay. And you could tell me how you how it stacks up against yours. While vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. It's good. It's a little wordy. <laughs> Mine feels like it just kind of cuts through. Fair. At its, it's at its essence what the movie is, you know? Fair. Knock at the cap. Excuse me. Knock at the cabin. 68% Rotten Tomatoes. 65% audience score. It is based on a book, The um, the Cabin Bible. at the End of the World by Paul G. Oh. Tremblay. Uh, you thought it was the Bible. No. Okay. Um, there is biblical um, 
references and stuff littered in all of this, though. Um, but no, it is, it is uh, adapted from a novel. It is the first novel of Mr. Trembley's to be adapted into a feature film, according to Wikipedia. Um, and I know there was some changes um, between the film and the book, as there always is. Different endings. Um, spoilers to the book, if anyone wants to read it. I guess when the daughter dies. Do they, accident? Do like they, kill they accidentally kill her? Oh, no. So then it doesn't even count, and they still have to make a decision? Yeah. That's pretty much what Batista says, and then something happens where... I don't know. It was all convoluted, but pretty much uh, the one guy, who, the one dad who dies, he still dies, but the daughter dies as well. And the one guy's just left? Yeah. That's crazy. Don't like that one bit. Yeah. Well, that was the book. Now, this is directed by Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Um, both of them um, stay alive, and I think the world ends. The world does end anyways? I don't know if it actually ends. I think that's, like, left up to interpretation. Oh, well, I wonder if because, like, if it's an accident that she died, they're just like, oh, we're in the clear. But, like, no, you're not. Andrew argues that even if the apocalypse is real, he refuses to obey a god that does not accept Wen's death as enough. Damn. That's pretty deep. I don't hate that. And then it ends like, you don't know. You don't know if it happened or not. I kind of like that maybe more than the movie. I'll say it. (laughs) What were you saying about the film, though? Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. Um, He has directed 18 films. He's... Oh, that's a lot. Um, I don't think I've seen very many M. Night Shyamalan films. I was actually thinking about this when I was sitting in this film. I know, like, what they are. So, The Sixth Sense, like, that's... He sees dead people. See dead people because he yeah. is dead. That's Spoiler. that's his that's his first big. It's his third movie, but that's the first M Night Shyamalan twist. What a twist! <laughs> yeah. Um, then Unbreakable. Uh, I don't remember what's Unbreakable is the first. It's in the Split and Glass universe. Yeah, but you don't know it's part of the universe until the end of Split. Well, you don't know the other ones are part of this universe. Yes. 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 Is there a twist in Unbreakable? I don't know. No idea. Signs. I've seen. That's the one I've seen. Signs. We had to watch a video production. Two. Sorry, but that is one of the two I've seen. Because video productions. And not really a twist. Uh, the twist is that the aliens wanted to take over a planet that's seventy-five percent water when they get killed by water, and they go through the, um, you know, our our what's the word I'm looking for? Atmosphere. Atmosphere. There's water in it. Yeah. So how about that? Terrible. <laughs> the Village. Don't know much about Never seen it. Lady in the Water. Never seen it. The Happening. Never seen it. Heard it's like horrible though. Is that one horrible? Because let me tell you, if that's the case, he probably ran off the worst set of three movies in like the film industry history because after that we get the just dog shit The Last Airbender. Which I have seen. Don't haven't we reviewed that movie. Currently didn't we? sitting at a seventeen and a half out of a hundred, the second worst rated film we've ever Given. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we jump to After Earth, the Will Smith. Oh, I didn't realize he did that. Jaden Smith movie. That is also just one of the worst films you will ever watch. I've never seen that. I've, I didn't realize he did that. It's, I know s- it's been. I've seen it once. 12, it's bad. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's really, really bad. I kind of want to watch it now. Then we get, then he's like, okay, hey, heat check. I'm not good at making movies anymore. Chills out, does one episode of a TV series, then does The Visit in 2015. I think that was received somewhat well, no? I don't remember. 
think it's supposed to be something like Hansel and Gretel, maybe. I don't even know. I, that sounds right. Like, that's the twist? It has a 67%. So. Okay. Then he does a music video, Split. Oh, that's not the right movie. Never mind. Sorry. Continue. Oh, no? No, this is a documentary. The Visit, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, 2015 release. That would be uh, 68%. Okay. And then he, same. then he rips off Split and Glass. Decent enough. I know people. a lot of people like Split. I was too scared to go see it. Split, very good movie. Glass, okay. Split, better. Okay. Never seen Unbreakable to rank the three. The trilogy? Yeah. Then he does Old, 2021. The one where they go to the beach and it's they it ages them and blah, 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 blah. I've never heard seen it. That is also not good. Believe it. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not great. Really not great. Oh, excuse me. Um, we then get a TV series, four episodes, and then we show up here at Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, and if we're just going on Rotten Tomato score here on Wikipedia, um, Knock at the Cabin is sitting with the sixth highest Rotten Tomato score for M. Night Shyamalan, only trailing The Sixth Sense, Split, Signs, Unbreakable, and The Visit. So I, I think the weird thing about him is like I feel like his movies are either panned or loved. And I think, then I guess I guess he's got a couple of middling ones. I feel like he's got like two, maybe just one. Really, really good ones. He's got a few really, really bad ones. And then just a bunch of mediocre stuff in the middle. That's how I kind of see it. I I think he got real fucking lucky that The Sixth Sense was early on. Oh, and yeah. People maybe gave him way too much credit for being a good filmmaker when he's just... He closes his eyes and throws a dart and you don't know what you're going to get. But I respect it anyways. Yeah, and everyone always talks about, like, the M. Night Shyamalan twist. It's like a robot chicken meme. Is that what it came from? Robot yeah. chicken? Yeah. Um, Like, do his movies even have twists besides The Sixth Sense? Like, I feel like there are some... I mean, a lot of movies have twists. Like, that's just a generic part of storytelling. But, like, besides The Sixth Sense, does he have another film where it's like, oh, my God, that's a big twist besides Split being part of the Unbreakable universe? Mm-hmm. Is that even a twist? I think it is. Um, I will say, Jay, for that question, uh, www.avclub.com has ranked every M. Night Shyamalan film twist. But, like, some of them I feel like aren't even twists. I don't know. Well, let me tell you, 2014's, uh, I apologize, number 14 is 2010's Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I don't think there's a twist. Mm, The twist is that he made a horrible film. Yeah, After Earth, right below it. Is this his films ranked? No, no. See, this is this is terrible. They're just ranking his films. A list with a twist. Every M Night Shyamalan film ranked. I was misguided. That's clickbait. I'll say it. M Night Shyamalan's twist endings ranked. Yahoo! All, don't let me down. I got a, an article from the Wrap that says all eleven M Night Shyamalan movie twists rank from six cents to old. Hit me with it. Number eleven, Glass. Okay. What's the twist? There's Are we one. spoiling all the twists for M Night Shyamalan movies right now? Sure. Why not? Um, you plan he, on watching any the of twist is, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. It sounds like that's why it's number 11, number 10. Uh, the happening was that, um, the trees did it cause people were like randomly committing a uh, trigger warning suicide. Um, and there was a toxin carried by the wind from the trees that were making people, um, you know, do those things. Okay. So that was the happening. Uh, number nine. Signs, we've already talked about that one. Twist is the water, right? Number eight, Lady in the Water. Okay. 
Um, is she dying from it? Then the twist, all the roles are wrong. Everyone unlocks their potential. Way, whatever. Oh, I don't know. Number seven, The Village. We don't have to read all these. Number six, Old. Number five, Devil. He did Devil? That wasn't honest. Maybe he produced Devil. That's yeah. the only scary movie I've ever seen. The twist there is that the old lady who died early on is actually the devil, right? Yeah. That's a good twist, though. Scared the crap out of me when I was a child. Number four, Split. That it was set in the same universe. Okay. Uh, number three, The Visit. That the the two ga- grandparents aren't grandparents at all, but two murderous escaped mental patients. Oh, shit. Number two, The Sixth Sense. That's a hot take. No. That's ballsy. It's that he can see dead people and he's dead. Number one, Unbreakable. What? So there is a twist? Is um, the twist that he's unbreakable? Do we just follow this guy around thinking he could die? <laughs> he and then break. he dies and it's like, oh, fuck, I can't. <laughs> I'll read you the whole little snippet from this. After he's the sole survivor of a trail derailment, Bruce Willis is approached by Samuel L. Jackson, who's convinced Willis actually is a nearly invul- invulnerable comic book-like legend. As whatever. Um, turns out Jackson's right. Then the twist. Jackson, a man with very brittle bones, was convinced his comic-like opposite had to exist and caused the derailment and lots of other deadly accidents in an attempt to find Willis and give his own life meaning as a supervillain. Oh. So the twist is that he caused the accident, probably. That Samuel L. Jackson did. Not a bad idea, though. Like, if you're convinced you're in a comic book superhero type situation, you're like, my counterpart's out there somewhere. I need the Joker to my Batman. Yeah. Even if you end up being the Joker. Yeah. So that was a twist. I don't think okay. that beats the Sixth Sense, but. No. That's no, neither here nor even, there. Not even fucking close. Never seen the Sixth Sense. Don't know if I already said that. Me either, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds way better. Made $672 million on a $40 million budget. That's pretty good. It's not bad. This movie, though, Jay. Um, going back to. Knock at the cabin. Yeah. Stars the likes of Dave Batista, Rupert Rupert Grin, fuck's his name, Ron from Harry Potter. Yep, was in this briefly. Um, yep. Groff, the dude from Jonathan, Jonathan Groff. Groff, Hamilton, Hamilton fame, yeah, yep. and some other projects. Yep, Ben Aldridge, Nikki. Is he from anything? Don't know. Nikki. Amuka spoiler Bird. alert. Go ahead. That's the movies and spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Nikki Amuka Bird looks familiar. Don't know what I know her from. Looking at her uh, I, her IMDb or her Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. don't see anything I've seen. So don't know why she looked familiar. Now, we, uh, completely off topic, we're kind of not here. One thing I respect about Mr. M. Knight, <laughs> he puts himself in all of his movies in just very small roles. Yeah. Respect the fuck out of it because I'd do the same thing. If I was making an apocalypse movie, I would want to be the guy on the fried chicken commercial on the TV. Yeah. I just, that's a great role. That's a great running bit. It's just like, hey, I'm making a movie. I'm going to be in it. Who is he in Signs? In Signs, he's like the neighbor in a truck or something, if I'm not mistaken. And he just like walk, like he just talks. It's one scene. Mm. And he's just sitting in a truck and he says a couple of lines and then he dips out. He's in all of his films, though. And I Good love for that. him. He's I not the only that. one who does that, but. No, but I feel like he's really known for it. Pretty sure Tarantino does that, doesn't he? I don't know if he's in all of them. He's in some, for sure. Isn't Tarantino's next movie his last? Because he always says he's only know, doing man. ten. Yeah, but then he says he's doing a Star Wars film and like all this other stuff. I just I don't, I don't believe it. He's just going to keep making movies. People like money. 
I think those people forget. People just like. Yeah, but he spaces movie. his movies out. Like he doesn't. He'll probably just make like limited series, like for streaming. Like he'll make like The Last of Us, not The Last of Us, obviously, but yeah. and he'll be like, "Well, I'm not making any more movies." But yeah. he's also a writer director. Like he writes all his movies and everything. So. He does. And he'll probably just keep making movies. <laughs> um, let's jump in the plot slash story ties. So obviously your synopsis kind of covered it a little bit. Um, apocalypse is happening. These people come. Is it real? Is it not real? Mm-hmm. We got to sacrifice our family. Very biblical um, undertones. We kind of find out at the end that they were like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. How long did it take you to catch on to that? I'll be honest. I didn't know there was such a thing as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, so never. Okay. I had to Google the four horsemen of the apocalypse after the fact. Fucking right away caught on to it. I was like, there's four people and like shit was getting weird. I was like, these motherfuckers are going to be like the four horsemen. Didn't know those those horsemen existed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Never caught on for me. You're not familiar with the source material? No, no, I'm not. Okay. Um, Yeah. And like, you don't get a lot of rhyme or reason other than it's just like the apocalypse is happening. And maybe all the rhyme or reason is because they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I don't know. They get a bunch of visions that brings them together. Um, And yeah, M. Night does his, his job to kind of like, because this is a weird movie where like. It's almost too believable the whole time. Like, yeah, they're doing weird, quirky stuff, and it's like, but it's almost hard to suspend disbelief, which I'll get to in a little bit later category. But he tries to like put in some red herrings, like the one guy Ron Weasley's character, um, whatever the actor's name is, Rupert Grin, Rupert Grin, being the guy who beat up one of Grint. the husbands um, in the bar X amount of years ago, like, and that being like maybe this is just a targeted attack, and these people are brainwashed. Like he tried to make it seem like it wasn't. Um. Yeah. Kind of always going to happen, and but it kind of always did. But I mean, again, I'll touch on that in a different category. Um, I kind of struggle with this because I, I had a feel, I had a prediction for your plot slash story score. Um, and I was already preparing an argument against you. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I landed. I'm between numbers here, and I think I'm gonna stick. I landed at a thirteen. Okay, you were gonna argue against me because I was gonna love it so much. I'm assuming no. I was going to argue something else, but continue. You're going to argue for it because I was going to shit on it. Well, give your score and then explain why you gave the score. So, you hit all the key points here. A uh, couple forced to make this decision, everything, you know, they're being shown, they don't want to believe it. At the end, it's like, yeah, this is the apocalypse and it's, you know, up to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a my major issue with this is like with movies I kind of feel like there should be like a like a deeper meaning or like something to it like this is a very baseline movie and there isn't really any deeper meaning because they are just like yeah it would have been the apocalypse the power of love and family yeah okay I gave it 11 okay a little lower than you but not I like it's a thought-provoking experiment like how someone would react when faced with these people who are like psychos basically um i I would have really liked if they would have found different ways to do it which was a lot more like how the shit was pre-recorded how it was like hey this case like people were already dying from this the earthquake happened before they showed up and then you just get planes falling you know directly out of the sky against all sorts of physics and it's like okay well it's real yeah yeah i would have liked if it was a lot more like this could all just be coincidences and you don't really know but it never was that. It was just like freak storms, airplanes falling out of the sky. Not coincidences. Very much was the apocalypse. And there's no like open-ended aspect to it. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. a lot left up for debate. And that's kind of what 
sours me on it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Again, like it's the whole time, like, and maybe we're viewing the movie in a little bit more of a critical lens because we know we're going to talk about it on the podcast, but like you want your audience to kind of be on the ball, the, the their toes, I guess. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it's absurd to think that the apocalypse is happening, but like you never really doubt it. And it seems like the filmmakers are just like, well, of course people are not going to think this is real because the apocalypse is crazy. And it's like, well, no, you gave us every reason to think it was real. Yeah. Like why else would this be happening? It almost be a bigger twist if it didn't happen. Now I thought, so I do this a lot in my life. Like I never 1% of the time it comes in handy. I'll prepare like debates, arguments or whatever. Like if I think Riley's going to say something, I'll like kind of prepare how I'm going to say. And like like the shower conversations, like you have a fake argument in your head with what you think someone would say. And I had this with you because I thought you were going to give it a bad score and say it didn't have a twist. And I was going to counter and say, because it didn't have a twist. There was no twist. The twist was there's no twist. Um, and I was going to counter and say that you're grading it unfairly for plot slash story if you were grading the twist. Because if it wasn't M. Night Shyamalan, yeah. you wouldn't be caring so much. Now, maybe it being M. Night Shyamalan matters a little bit for key elements. I don't know there if There we that go. Okay. I was going to say. but um, That feels like it's implied. That uh, that was my argument that I had with you in okay. my head. No, great job. You won that argument. <laughs> If I would have brought up that point, you would have got me there. <laughs> um, no, I, just, regardless, any director, it's just, it just feels so like, obviously in real life, if this happens, you're like, there's no fucking way that this is the apocalypse. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it can't be. We're watching yeah. a movie. It very well could be the apocalypse in this movie. Make yeah. me, like, obviously you're viewing it as the people in the movie, the characters don't believe it. Make me as the audience member not believe that it's the apocalypse. Yeah, because for me, like I have a full suspension of disbelief when I go in to watch a film and this world and story you're creating. And sure, why not? But if you create it and leave that element of doubt, I'm going to give you so much more credit as a, well, I wonder if they should have killed that person or not. I wonder if that really was the apocalypse. Like that does so much more to make my brain like think about all the different outcomes and, and the thoughts between the characters and you know, really think about this after leaving the theater. Whereas I left the theater and I was like, Oh yeah. World would have ended. And it almost seems like, so I think this is again, a problem of adapting something from a book. And I think I talked about this recently with another film we reviewed. Um, Banshees of Inisherin. Oh yeah. I think maybe, I don't know. It's like when you're reading a book, you get a lot of, I don't think that was based off a book. Was it? No, but I think you were talking about if it was a book, it was probably a really good book. (laughs) that sounds like something i'd say no like when you're reading a book you're if it's in first person if it's third person whatever you're literally reading how the people feel and obviously when you make a movie you're trying to tell the audience these things without outright telling them like a book so i'm sure this book the book it's actually made after i don't know if it's third person or first person like i said but you're kind of going on this journey with the two main characters is this real is this not real like and i think it's it could be a little bit more believable in that light but the way the film itself was presented, I guess we're kind of jumping into key elements a little bit too much. So maybe I should should hold off on my things. Um, I will say I liked how it jumped right into it. It was literally like where it started. Like yeah. there was no pointless meandering. This movie easily could have been 20 minutes too long. And it wasn't. It was like an hour 45. Like the pacing was fine. Like, yeah. But, you know, some of the, the, the plot, some of the key elements in the plot just kind of hurt it, you yeah. know, for what it was trying to be. Um. I'll touch on this point first. Did you know what this movie was going into it? Like the general premise. 
No, I thought it was an Amazon Prime series, so I didn't even know what it was. No idea that it had to do with, like, the apocalypse or anything? I I saw, like, the the poster or something that said, like, family makes difficult decision or whatever. Like, but I didn't really know that much. So I didn't. I knew nothing. And the movie opens with Dave Bautista coming up to a little girl in the woods. I thought we were getting Dave Bautista, like, have you seen The Lovely Bones? Uh, A long time ago, yeah. The guy kidnaps the girl and, like, kills her. I thought we were getting Dave Bautista, pedophile murderer. I'm glad we didn't. No, I would have really upset me because <laughs> I'm like, I like, who chooses to play that role? Why do you want to be that person? And I was like, oh no, we're good. He's actually a good guy. He doesn't want to be here. Um, I'm gonna pivot our scale, and I'm gonna jump just into key elements. Okay, well it that was makes my more sense. That was my second point. Patent pending movie scale has five categories, yeah. one to twenty. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to be in this order. It feels like every week we're talking about story and then we want to get into key elements and we got to stop. I have said this before. I think we make cinematography third. I'm fine with that. Okay. Executive decision changing columns now. (laughs) Well, now I got to change my columns. I don't know. How do you move a column? You click on. So like for me, it was column C. I grab column C, slide it over to column D. All the scores and everything should adjust. Oh, well, I just typed the scores in. But you just grab and, and drag. All right. So. I'll just right off the what rip. What a change. I feel so fresh right now. Right off the rip, I gave Key Elements an 8. Okay. Um, and the reason to be positive about the Key Elements, there was suspenseful moments in this. There was the religious undertones and stuff that were in it. Um, and like I said, there were, there were points where it was like there was good camera work and everything, which we'll touch on visual cinematography, that made you build that suspense and made you maybe not edge of the seat, but feel a little, you know, antsy and, you know, suspenseful and everything. M. Night Shyamalan knows how to make those kind of films. So I think like just from a technical standpoint, he can do that. He can make a Super Bowl commercial and probably make you feel that way. But again, as we've mentioned, a lot of the the plot, it just feels so shallow and it feels like there's this deeper meaning in the book about, the family dynamic and how unbreakable that is. And then you have the, which I told you the daughter dies and then the dads decide like, well, screw it. Like either that counted or it didn't. We don't care. The world's ending or it's not like, yeah. I don't want to follow it. Like the book said, I don't want to follow a God that doesn't think that was worth it or whatever. Um, so there's probably a lot of these family dynamics and these religious dynamics and these other things that the book explores, which the movie, because it is a movie, it's just harder to convey. And I think that's where it falls short. Do you think in the book, do you know, is it a gay couple like in this or is it a straight yes, couple? It, it is, is a gay couple. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I could see that being like something that they switch over because obviously there's just the, the natural religious. Yeah. And that's another thing that's tied with it. You know, like there's obviously, you know, people of all religious faiths who don't accept, you know, gay people and everything. And yeah. we get some of that in this movie, you yeah. know, and that's part of the reason why. They kind of think they're crazy religious people, you know, when they actually are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. But it all it all ties into these themes. And I just these themes don't it's like you kind of know they're supposed to be there, but like you didn't do a good job in expressing them fully. So it's like I can't give you that much credit for it, you know. So I was trying to give M. Night like more credit there. Like, good job on making it a gay couple because that adds another level of conflict. He didn't, though. I think everything that I've heard so far is telling me he has made this book worse, turning it into a film. This this sounds like the literal definition of the book was better. Yeah, it, it really does. And that's a bummer, because it's not like I hate this movie, but it sounds like it could have been really, really, really good. Yeah. That's upsetting. 
Uh, for key elements, I think I'm a little bit higher than you. I was right around a 12. Um, I was. That's not my score. I was around a 12. I like the tension. There's a lot of tension um, with it all. I like the moments of, I think, the four horsemen characters more so than even the family forced to make this decision. Yeah. Because there's that struggle of them believing it, but then there's also the struggle of the four horsemen like trying to figure out, like, how the fuck do we get them to believe it? Yeah. And that part of it I like a lot more. And the tension and the internal conflict with them, like, I'm so confident that this is the case that I'm going to kill myself just to try and save the world and people I care about. Um, but I have to try and find a way to convince this family to make an impossible choice to kill someone they yeah. love. I like that part of it. I like the tension. I was right around a 12. Then I remembered as M night, no twist finished with an 11. <laughs> There's no twist. That's oh, a key man. element is that M night Shyamalan made this movie and there isn't a twist. Yeah. I don't know why they changed it. I don't know. Maybe because if the daughter dies, you know, it, it tests worse with audiences. That's probably exactly why they changed it. Let's be honest. But I just think that kind of messaging and that theming makes so much more sense for the whole picture because this whole movie is almost told through these two different dads. And again, I don't know if it's first person or third person um, where you have the one dad. I, I don't remember who was who. Um, let me get this right real quick. Sorry. Clicking through a bunch of tabs. Uh, you have the one dad, Andrew, the one who has the gun and the one who, you know, is a bit more brash about the situation. Doesn't believe it's real for one second. Has an answer to everything. And then you have the Eric character who gets a concussion, but then is like kind of believing this a little bit. And like you slowly see him start to believe it. And like you almost get it like it's told through his eyes, but not fully. And that's where it falls short. Whereas in the book, you probably get those two things a lot deeper because it is a book. And then at the end, you get that final thing where it's like their daughter dies. They don't care. They're kind of, you know, different paths to get to the same conclusion, meet and whatever. I mean, the book itself I'm reading gets has great receptions stephen king wrote that the novel was thought-provoking and terrifying i mean if that guy's saying it's like lebron thought i had a good basketball game (laughs) the other day like andrew liptak of the verge wrote good horror stories look at the world around us to draw inspiration as to what could go wrong and with this book trembly has penned a story that is not only a nightmare as it plays out on the page but one that's grimly reflective of the times that we live in it's like kenneth bernard saying your mustache looks nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice <laughs> that's what you laughed about yeah <laughs> um and i don't know m night maybe just the wrong thing to adapt um it made me question him a little bit because last week yeah. we were in a text chain i don't know why i called it a text chain that's like an old person thing yeah to say. we're in a group chat it's um, fine we're... well no just our text it's not oh even just uh, we our were personal texts we were and i said m night was the guy to direct our our murder mystery we want to do yeah no i don't know if he could adapt our screenplay well i think our writing would be incredible i think what it would turn out to be would be a slight downgrade i'm starting to actually think ty because like i really really do want to write a book yeah what if i turn this into a book into a novel would you be mad at me no not at all i want like 10 percent. if you do all the work then we'll do screenplay like the book will be adapted into a screenplay you do the book i'll do the screenplay got it okay you do most of the work i'll adapt it or how about someone else does the screenplay you're the star and lead I don't know if I'm an on-camera guy. I think I'm a behind-camera kind of guy. <laughs> I will gladly star in a fried chicken commercial, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It just it lacks that depth that probably is on the page, but doesn't come out on the film. Yeah, Ooh. I, I Ooh. guess that was good. That's solid. <laughs> I I think, and kind of going back to plot and everything too. We get throughout this film like moments of flashbacks between Eric and Andrew, and like their life and stuff before these events happened. 
I think if you leave that suspension of disbelief in there more and you give me flashbacks of Dave Batista's character and the Sabrina character and, and them like having these visions and trying to cope with like, how am I going to make this decision mm-hmm. to like, Hey, this is what I believe. I need to get these people to believe it. I think that works way better too, because that gets you in that character's mind. Like we're talking about and you see like the emotions that they're going through. Versus what they did is, like, we, we kind of got some backstory on the people, but, like, they weren't the interesting part to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I agree. Kind of bums me out. I agree. Where are we at? Okay, now we're at cinematography and Kiel. Uh, fuck. Cinematography. Visuals, Visuals cinematography. cinematography. I'm all thrown out, Jay. I'm all thrown out of order here. Um. Yeah, the cinematography of making it suspenseful, it worked. I thought there was a pretty good uh, soundtrack to this, pretty good score. I guess is the correct terminology. Okay. Um, some pretty decent camera work. The super close-ups of Dave Batista and the Wen characters face in the beginning to build that suspense and you know the lighting and all the bones. Yeah, the lighting and all this stuff was very intentional. It looked good. I wouldn't say it was like groundbreaking visuals, which I'm trying to be a bit more stingy with my visual scores, just because I've been a little bit too. Um, given out too high scores in the past um a little too friendly i can't think of the word right now um i gave it a 14 i gave it a 14 okay. out of 20 um lower than you on this okay i think camera work wise looked pretty good cgi looked very bad planes Was falling even out of, cgi oh planes falling out of the sky yeah. looked really bad tv reports looked awful um, didn't look like real tv reports whatsoever it looked like a high school had to make a fake news broadcast and put it in their movie <laughs> yeah. for their project like it just didn't look good I, I think that it did work at, at points, like you said, the close-ups and everything and creating that, you know, kind of ha- the feeling with the, how the sh- camera is shot and how close you are. It makes you uncomfortable almost. Yeah. Which is the whole thing is supposed to be this uncomfortable dilemma. Yep. Um, I landed on a 12, a few points lower than you. I, I think there is a lot of good in this with the camera work and everything. Nothing crazy. Stylistically wasn't blown away. Um, and I didn't like the fake stuff. Make the fake stuff look real. They had like, oh, a footage shown, you know, just moments ago, and it's someone's phone recording on the beach of Cannon Beach and the wave and the tsunami, and then the phone just floating in the water. And I'm like, how would that upload? How did you get this? Unless it was, a, I actually thought about that in the movie, my, Instagram Live. Yeah, that was my only explanation. Yeah. Was it was Instagram Live and live, and then they like screened. No, so stupid. Recorded it or whatever. Hated that. I did like that though. Uh, when we went to Oregon, we went to that beach. Ooh. Yeah. Make it extra spooky for like you? that exact spot. Make it extra spooky for you? It did, because I remember how tall that rock was. <laughs> That's a big wave to be clearing that rock. <laughs> it's a giant rock. Never been to Oregon. Monterey. I feel like it looks a lot like Oregon, so, and I liked Monterey. So I do remember Northern California being very similar, too. Well, Monterey's more central. It's a little central to Northern. It's all the same. Pacific Northwest, you know? <laughs> you seem like a Pacific Northwest kind of guy. I love it. I love it up there. I like it too, but it's all expensive. Oh, so I mean, even in the Pacific Southwest here. <laughs> yeah. All of the West is expensive. Moving to Maine. Um, did you see like uh, New Hampshire or something broke like the wind chill record? It was like, it felt like negative 96 or whatever like last week. No shit. With wind chill. Yeah. The Northeast had a, like a winter storm where it was cold and it was like really bad winds. That sounds awful. Yeah, so negative ninety six is what it felt like. It was really like, well, yeah, but still, if it feels yeah. like that, that's cold. 
<laughs> You're very cold. I can't even imagine. Characters tie. I don't like 40. No, today was beautiful here Positive in Sperria, California as well. Yeah. It's it not a good time. Beautiful day today. It was like, I think it was like 60. I got up to 60 today. Not bad. Characters. You, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off here, Jay. Go ahead. You're a man who hates Dave Bautista as an actor. You're gonna you're gonna put pushback and you're gonna say no, I don't. You you bash him. You say he can't act. What? You say John Cena is so much better than him. What? And I love me some John Cena, but you're a noted Dave Batista hater. I am not a noted. And Dave I just want to know either. what it's like to be so wrong. How am I a noted Dave Batista? All I've said is he's not that good of an actor. John Cena's better. I said John Cena was better. Yes, I did. I said Dave Batista was getting a little overrated. How's I- it feel? To eat crow, Jay. Look, when I said he was a little overrated, he had not released this film yet. You, so haven't, that, you that, haven't seen the other films where he gives great performances like this. You were working on a small sample size. Well, that's not on me. What, you, you, you need to watch the other movies where he gives good performances. Like what? Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Okay, I will. How about that? There's another one. There's another one that I can't think of right now. Stuber? Uh, great in Stuber. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> Um, not Riddick. Where's the other one? Avengers Ed Game. He's great in Glass Onion. Duke Don't Do Pineapple. Iconic Ar- line. Army of the Dead. Not was great. Was okay. Not great. Yeah, I, I won't. Dune, be honest, don't even remember him in Dune. <sighs> not my spy. That one's not great either. Not great for my argument here. Yeah, see? He needed to pile up the performances to get the, the proper praise he was getting. And look, he's starting to do Spectre. so. Spectre. He was in the James Bond movie. How was the performance in that? Apparently great. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Look, he didn't have this performance out when I made that comment, so it can't be held against me. That being said, I always root for these wrestlers to succeed. Except Mm. The Rock, kind of, maybe. I don't know. Kind of over The Rock. Why are you making that noise? I just don't think that's true. It is true. I don't think it is. Edge, when he's on Percy Jackson, I'm going to watch the hell out of that. I can't wait. He's going to be so good. Um, Batista? I I, I always want to watch everything he's in. I will say I disassociate Dwayne Johnson from being a wrestler, so I don't really care if he's good or not anymore. Like he's already famous, I do root for these people. CM Punk, he was in a horror movie. Never watched it. Was too scared. His performance was scary. I don't know. Is he as bad at that as he was at being a UFC fighter? (laughs) I don't think you could be as bad at that as you were as a (laughs) UFC fighter. Look, dang, the movie he was in has an eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes with a twenty-three audience score. That is a Big difference. That's incredible. Batista was great in this. He was I'll so say good. It. He was so good. Um, he was the the leading star of this. I don't think it was like an Oscar worthy performance by any means, but he was very good. He played his role, I thought, to perfection. He played the kind of sympathetic villain almost. Like you actually did feel for this guy. And again, maybe that was part of the problem was he was so good at being like, No, this is real, this is the apocalypse that I believed him the whole time. I would have just, I would have been like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, guys. I trust this man. <laughs> I'm sacrificing myself. Like, yeah, this sucks, but I guess we have to. Um, I thought his performance was fantastic, and I do like seeing him in more roles like this and not roles where he's playing. Again, I haven't seen everything, but like Glass Onion even, he was a little bit more of the brash kind of douchey guy. He, I feel like he, I, I'm worried he might get typecasted into that. Army of the Dead, he was kind of brash, douchey kind of guy, like, I think he's the type of actor, though, where he won't allow himself to. And I hope that's true. Because he thrives off this kind of stuff. 
Like, he's made it very known he doesn't want to be with the other wrestlers in, like, a dumb action movie because he wants to, like, wants to stretch his acting chops. I would still love to see him and John Cena in a movie together. Well, yeah, me too, but... I don't think it'll ever happen. No. But I thought he was great in this. I thought the supporting... I thought all of the, the four horsemen were pretty good in this. Ron? Ron Weasley? Eh, he was all right. Can't, like, he mumbles a lot. I think but was, it, was... it could be an Irish thing where I don't understand, like, accents very well. I don't know if he's Irish or British or whatever. <laughs> I think we're doing this again. I think he's a redhead with an English accent. So he's English? Well, you did that... Not that long ago, where you just assumed someone was Irish because they had red hair. Banshees of Inisherin? I'm assuming, yeah. He was born in, uh, yeah, UK. Harlow, United Kingdom. He's just British, Jay. I'm not good at understanding British accents, and I'm sorry. I genuinely am sorry about it. I don't think there's a difference. I just don't think you got to assume all gingers come from Ireland. I thought he was Irish. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Um, but I thought all the, the four horsemen characters were compelling and good. I thought the two dads, they did their thing. Um, I thought the the performance from the girl, the little girl, like for a nine, eight year old girl, however old she is, like, and her first ever movie, pretty good. Like, kid actors can derail a film like this real quick if they're just not believable, not good. And I thought she was pretty, pretty solid. Let me tell you, as there's Rupert Grint himself was a terrible child actor. The acting is so bad in the first Harry Potter movie. <laughs> it's atrocious. It's so bad. Never seen him. She was miles above where he was at that age. Good for her. So, shout I think out he was to... older than seven in the first Harry Potter, but... Are you are you sure about that? It's neither here nor there. I don't think that's right. There's no way he was only seven in the first Harry Potter tie. No way. Harry Potter 1 movie came out in 2001. He was uh, 12. All right, see? That's a big difference. 8 and 12 years old. Big difference. That's fair. Thank you. Is Daniel Radcliffe Irish? <laughs> He's no. not. He doesn't have red hair, so it couldn't be. You got a point there. Good point. <laughs> What'd you give the Did you give your score? I gave it a, a 15 out of 20. I didn't give my score yet, but I wow. gave it a 15. That's really high for you for noted Dave Batista hater. I'm, <laughs> oh I'm happy for you. Um, right alongside there, I, I love Dave Batista in this. He's incredible. No, this is not an Oscar-worthy performance, but it's a goddamn good one. You know, could have pushed this category to like the upper echelons, echelons, e- echelons. I don't know, echelons. I try and correct you on that, then I listen back to it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm saying that right either. <laughs> if there was actually like character development slash like the whole things we were talking about in plot slash story key yeah. elements, if there was like that kind of, I would be on the Dave Batista Oscar winner, just like the Northman. Yeah, I would definitely push though um, for him to be a supporting actor because he's not like the main, like he's the villain. Easy runaway winner with supporting actor in that role. In this role. And that role, if we do the other plot things. Got it. Because he's like the main character. Like, he has the most screen time. He's the main character. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you push him in the supporting instead. Easy dub. If a former wrestler does win an Oscar, he very obviously is probably the only one who has a chance. Unless I know the- that took a lot for you to say. <laughs> and I'm happy. Unless The Rock wins one for, like, best original song or something in, like, a Disney movie. Moana. He almost had it for Moana. <laughs> Did he sure. really? No, there's no way that was the song for Moana that got nominated. There's no way. Probably not, but. Or, no, The Rock will win some dumb Oscar for, like, best animated short. That's what Kobe won. Not saying it's dumb, but, like, something easier. Really? LeBron becomes the leading scorer and all-time Laker, and it's just Kobe slander immediately after? I don't slander Kobe Some anymore. Some dumb Oscar like Kobe won? 
Look, that was a little rude for me to say. I'll admit. Yeah. I'd say Dave Batista, older than The Rock. Really? By three years. That's shocking. 1972, The Rock was born. He's only one year older than my dad. I don't. I guess The Rock probably just started young, or Batista started old. Batista started old in wrestling. That's crazy. Um, he was great in this. Jonathan Groff also great in this. Um, I liked him and and Ben Aldridge's chemistry together, kind of like the good cop bad cop parents. Mm-hmm. Or like the well, I don't know if that was like supposed to be his character, or if it was just like, hey, let's give him brain damage to start the movie. <laughs> um, but it works well. I like the two of them. I like the four horsemen. The the child actor did a very good job. Um, what you think of M. Night Shyamalan's perf- performance? Incredible, wonderful. I wanted to buy that deep fryer, air fryer. Air fryer. I wanted that chicken. That's what I wanted. <laughs> it looked good. Uh, I landed on a fourteen out of twenty. Oh, lower than me. You're the noted Dave Batista hater. I was just there was no development. All of this had to do with M. Night Shyamalan not developing these characters. Nothing changes. The one guy has brain damage, and from the very first moment. You can tell he's going to be the one who believes them. The very first yeah, moment. Yeah. Like, there's no development or anything. The little girl, like, she's just there. Yeah. It's a good performance. There's no character development. The guy doesn't believe it and kind of still doesn't believe it until the end, until the other guy convinces him. All four of the other ones believe it blindly the entire time. Like, they had visions, Ty. Yeah. Again, I'm cool with that. I, I like their performances. There's just no depth or character development. Enjoyment. Look feel like i kind of bash this movie but i always enjoy even people when people call me a hater i always enjoy seeing a former wrestler do well um it was suspenseful it did not keep me on the edge of my seat till the end but it kept me interested till the end it's a perfect length i don't think it was too long um yeah there's some missing elements that could make it a little bit better but I, it wasn't a hard watch that being said i don't know if i'd rewatch it mm-hmm. like I, i'm not sure how rewatchable this film is would i recommend it yeah, to the right people. I'd recommend this to my dad or whoever. A, a casual moviegoer, date night, whatever. It's not going to be the best movie you'll ever see, but you won't hate yourself for seeing it. Yeah. Um, I landed at a 14 out of 20 for the enjoyment time. A little bit lower, 13. I think it's inoffensive. I don't think like anyone's going to watch this and be like, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah. I think it's fine. It's a good enough movie. I think my frustration lies in the fact that it really sounds like it could have been very good. Like This could have been an incredible M. Night Shyamalan banger. And I just, it wasn't. It just did everything okay. Sometimes I want you to do everything a little bit better than okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I don't think that's mean to say. I don't think you're asking too much at all. I don't. I don't. This is a high budget film. (laughs) Ty, what did you give it? 1 to 100. I finished the final score of 61 out of 100. Oh, really? Lower than me? Just a little bit. What? What are you, like two points higher than me? I don't understand how you got so much lower than me. Um, I finished with a 64 out of 100. That's three points. What is so much? That's three points. Well, I thought you were higher. I thought you were going to bring this movie up to within the lines because I thought you were going to rank it higher, but you didn't. You brought it down. I was a little lower on the characters because of the development. I think I was a little lower on the enjoyment because of what it could have been. That's going to hurt it a little bit. What's, what's the consensus score? 62 and a half? Consensus score... Of I lost it. Yep. I I filtered before I should have. Sixty two and a half. Where is what is the name of this movie? Knock at a cabin. 
Combined score of 62.5, putting it at 115th out of 168 films we've reviewed. It is with the likes of The Banshees of Inishirin, <laughs> um, Half a Point Difference, An American Pickle, Dear Evan Hansen. We just talked about all the movies it's in the likes of when we talked about Banshees of Inishirin. Dear Evan Hansen, way too high. I'll stand by that. Um, you want me to? I'll take a point away from it blindly right now. No, it's fine. Okay. Leave it. Um, little, little surprise. This ends up not within the lines. This ends up below the line. Um, we changed the scale. No, it was always 64 and a half. We changed above the line to be higher and draw the line to be higher. That was consistent though? Yes. Okay. Um, it is not within the lines. So we would not give this a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's right up there, but it is below the line. Checking it at a 62 and a half. Um, doesn't get quite to that 65 mark. I, Look, man, I think you change a couple of things, and this is a really good movie. Right now, I think it's an okay movie. Yeah. It's right at that line, but it's just... I I liked it. I just didn't love it. We're pretty close with the audience and the tomato meter, so once again, our Pat and Petty movie scale always seems to um just just reveal the truth, Ty. Just figures this stuff out. You um, know? Random Rotten Tomato audience score. It's never random. Never M. Night is. Shyamalan movie. Which one is it? It's not an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Dave Bautista movie. movie. Which one is it? It's a Jonathan Groff movie. Which Harry Potter movie is it? Oh. It's a Jonathan Groff movie. Do you know who he is the voice of? Uh, the King in Hamilton. He is the voice of Kristoff. Oh, that is his name is In the Finn. Frozen no, Finn's franchise. Yeah. Please don't look at his filmography. You might see the scores. I'm, just, I'm literally clicking an X on the spreadsheet or thing. You can look. I'm on the spreadsheet. You'll see my box moving around. He is the voice of Kristoff. Yeah. He's got the reindeer, homie. Now, which of the two Frozen movies do you think I put for the random Rotten Tomato audience score? I feel like two is more random, but maybe you like subverted expectations. You hit me with an M. Night Shyamalan twist, gave me one. I went with Frozen 2. Okay. The 2019 <laughs> film, the sequel to the original. Okay. Starring everyone you know and love, Ty. What do you think the audience, with 25,000-plus verified ratings, gave Frozen 2? 72%. Negative. You didn't even know thought process there. I was so confident. On it. I don't know. I feel like the first Frozen, the audience score is probably like okay, but still not great because like parents probably got really sick of that movie really quick. Two was a downgrade. I don't remember two. I watched it. I don't remember a single thing from that film. And I feel like that just puts it, you know, good enough. Some mom and dads are like, hey, this is an okay movie. Other mom and dads are like, hey, this movie kind of stinks. 92% audience no, score. No. Is it higher than the first? First one has an 85% audience score. It's higher than the first? Do you remember Frozen 2? I remember the scene where Olaf uh, does the funny thing where he recounts what happens in the first one, and it's, like, funny. And they made, like, a special short out of it on Disney+, Plus where he did the same thing with other Disney movies. I remember that. I remember Olaf being hilarious. Maybe that's the difference between... What is the plot of Frozen 2? Don't really remember. Honestly. That's a bad, that's a Tyler and, and Jason, we gave this movie too high of a score when it came out, and it should be <laughs> The lower. audience did that? Yeah, the audience did that, and they can't go back and, they're just too lazy to go back and change their scores. It should be right around, you know, Critic 77, it should be in the 70s probably. You're probably right. That's way too high for a sequel. This is a sequel that blew up and it got way too much love. You're probably right. I think my audience score is more accurate than the actual audience score that I was guessing. Last thing, I um, 
Armin White did not review this film, so I haven't talked about him in a while, but he did not review mm. um, Knock at the Cabin. But he did review the movie we're watching next week, Ty, so I could read his review then. Ty, what are we watching? Review it next week. Love that. Next week, uh, we're reviewing an Oscar favorite? Nominee. Nominee. I'm going to say favorite. Favorite for some categories. I think this is an Oscar favorite film. Well, that's just false, but continue. What do you what do you mean? It is not the favorite for best picture. What's the favorite right now? Everything Everywhere All at Once, Ty. We've been over this on the podcast. Damn, that's right. I think last time too I said Fablemans was the favorite and you corrected me. Yeah. Fablemans, according to this article, is number four. Even behind Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> oh, it's that's rising then. <laughs> that's rising and I love that. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, it's the Fablemans. Uh, reviewing that next week. I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea how I'm gonna watch this, but I'm gonna figure it out. It looks like there's very, very limited showing still. And I might have to go to some weird theaters, maybe down the hill after work one night. I saw it in the theaters a few weeks ago. Um, Is it on streaming yet? 20 bucks, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can watch it. So I, I maybe I end up doing that. I recommend seeing it in theaters to get Ooh, that full experience. Maybe that's giving something away there. What? I just Maybe, you know, obviously you have a good enough opinion about it to where you recommend the theater experience. If it's a really bad film, you're not going to be like, hey, go watch this really bad film on a big screen. Well, you already know how I feel about Fableman, so don't blow it to the audience. But I think you're giving um, the audience It is a, a movie there. about a filmmaker falling in love with film, so I think you should respect said filmmaker and go see it. Oh, that reminds in me of Babylon. That was such a good movie. This is a better version of Babylon. Is even it? though it's completely different. <laughs> completely different. Um, updated Oscar odds before we go. Um, everything everywhere all at once is moving more into the negative. It was like minus 140 last time we talked on it. It's now minus 225 last updated today. Look, that's a heavy favorite. That's a great movie. I can't wait for them to be heartbroken when they lose. Banshees of Inisherin plus 200. Doesn't Top Gun Maverick sense. moving up. I think it was like 10 yeah, to 1. It was. I remember. It is now plus 650. Oh. <laughs> the third favorite. I see how this is playing out and I can't wait. Fableman's fourth plus nine hundred. Tom Cruise is such like a kiss ass for the like uh, like the movie industry in general. Like he's such a go watch movies and yeah. do all practical. Like he's the last living like movie star. That's not true, but I don't know. Like movie movie star though. Like a guy who's just like I'm a movie How about star. The last living cinema star. He was the last samurai, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he starred in that film. <laughs> that was Brad Pitt. <laughs> No, I think it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I think I'm right here. Yeah. Throw some respect on the last samurai yeah. slash movie star, no, Tom you're Cruise. Right. You're right. I so. fell asleep when we watched that when you had to watch it for your eighth grade class, so my apologies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. I, oh, he's a kiss ass. I think if I think they may show him some love this year. I think he finally gets they it. They might. The Tomorrow War is also on streaming. Heard great things about it. Have you ever seen it? The Tomorrow War, the the sci-fi movie where he keeps dying and he keeps reliving the same day. Jay, not I've, the Tomorrow War, sorry. I've seen the Tomorrow War. And let me <laughs> not tell the you, Tomorrow War. It's a fun watch. Um, The other one with Tom Cruise. The Edge of Tomorrow or whatever it's called. I think that's it. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. That is now on HBO Max. Um, Ken Jack from the Barstool Movie Pod was tweeting about it and how they've both they've all given it 90s plus and he literally said if you love the tom cruise slash whatever director it is mashups and then put parentheses top gun maverick you'll love this so i think i'm gonna watch it this weekend just to watch it so if you do watch it ty just give us a quick little report um or maybe we'll save it i don't know for a movie review when you have your baby 
I kind of just want to watch the Tomorrow War now, though. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. That's a fun watch. Horrible movie. That's a fun watch. Um, but Fableman's next week. Yeah. Oscar movie. Go watch that. Find a way. Purchase it. Show some love to art. You know. Yeah. Don't be such a like casual. Exactly. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.